Today's episode of Locked On Pirates is once again brought to you by Locked On MLB. Host Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully, covers everything in the world of baseball, both past, present, and future every single day for you the MLB fan he also has local experts like myself on the podcast every day and you can follow that podcast on Odyssey Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast to invest in the Locked On MLB podcast which is now jumping in the charts on a lot of uh, podcast networks and also on today's episode we're going to have some takeaways from yet another loss in Cincinnati, as well as talking about the Greensboro Grasshoppers beginning their playoff run. And Kevin Wise of the Locked On Rays podcast will come on as well to feature and talk about Shane Boz's MLB debut. That's all today on Locked On Pirates. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Locked on Pirates podcast today on Tuesday, September 21st. I am your host, Ethan Smith, who does the most, and I hope you all are having a fabulous Tuesday after what was a crazy game last night that we're about to get into. I am Ethan Smith. Again, you should come to this podcast every day, Monday through Friday, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're finally getting back to the Monday through Friday stuff. I'm off from vacation again. I'm back, so we are getting these things done Monday through Friday as we get towards the tail end of the season. And it's going to be fun because you guys should come in. We're going to be talking everything. We're going to be talking uh, player grades starting next week, starting with the pitchers, and also doing some other things. So be on the lookout here at the end of the season. But today, let's go ahead and get right into the game from yesterday. It was kind of an interesting game if we're going to get into it. Uh, as Well, we're obviously going to get into it because I just said we were. Um, the Pirates yesterday, of course, dropped yet another game in Cincinnati 9-5. to They just can't seem to get a victory in Great American Ballpark this season. And this game was just kind of infuriating. The Pirates got off to a hot start. Yoshi Tsutsugo, of course, had just a phenomenal game yesterday. Homers in the first inning. Um, Reynolds, of course, homers the right to follow him up. They're up 2-0 already. We're feeling good. We're like, okay, Cincinnati's playoff hopes are literally in our hands. They were in the Pirates' hands yesterday. Sutsugo then followed it up with a single to center. Reynolds again. So Sutsugo and Reynolds yesterday were just kind of bouncing off each other. And then Newman, of course, scored the final run of the game um, where Sutsugo scored. And that was it. After that... It was just a downhill spiral. Uh, Nicholas Castellanos, of course, homer or doubled the deep center. Votto had two homers on the night. Suarez, Farmer, all had homers as well. So this game, if there's any takeaway I can take from it, I mean, you kind of saw um, a lot of different things go down in this game. One, the Pirates' offense looked really good. I liked what I saw from them. Um, Dylan Peters, I think, had his first bad start that he's had in a Pirates uniform. We've talked about him at length here on this podcast every once in a while when he pitches. Um, of course, three innings pitched, four on runs, three Ks. He looked fine until he got to that third inning, and then it just like spiraled out of control for him. And 
one thing I've loved about Peters, his stuff is just really good. I think that the Angels definitely missed something when letting him go, and the Pirates have kind of captured what they've missed, and that's his control. The guy just throws the ball really well. He just happened to be facing a really good lineup in Cincinnati that knows how to hit the long ball, which has kind of been his uh, Achilles heel for his entire career. And realistically, looking at the game overall, though, I think you really have to talk about uh, Cody Ponce and Kyle Keller as well. They were really just instrumental in the Reds kind of getting a lot of runs here. Uh, Connor Overton and uh, De Los Santos also pitched in this game. Also, De Los Santos, he looked okay. I mean, he had one earned run, one uh, K, one walk over one and one-thirds innings. Um, Kyle Keller only pitched two-thirds innings, of course, giving up two runs on two walks. So, one takeaway, this bullpen is just bad. It's not expected, or it is expected that it's bad, just because you have to really look at the idea that when you're looking at this bullpen, you saw Richard Rodriguez leave, you saw Braden Ogle leave, you saw a lot of bullpen arms leave this team, and David Bednar was kind of the guy that you knew you could put David Bednar in, and that was going to be that. Chris Stratton has also been that way. Sam Howard was that way before some recent things that have happened with him. But this bullpen... It's going to be very interesting to see what it looks like next year. I like the idea of Chad Cool in the bullpen as well. I hope they keep with that and make him a long reliever or, uh, alongside Chris Stratton. I would expect um, Chashawn Shreve to come back as well and David Bednar. So you should see a much better bullpen in 2022. But as of right now, this is just something we have to live with down the uh, uh, final 12 games is that this bullpen is just not going to be very good. The starting pitching also not very good. We'll see Mitch Keller on the mound again tonight. We'll see what he can do. Every single Mitch Keller start is a very important start, as you all know. I mean, he's basically the future. And later in this podcast, we'll have Kevin Wise of Locked on Rays coming on to talk about Shane Boz. So enjoy that when it comes. But another big takeaway I wanted to take from this is Yoshi Tsutsugo. We talk about him a lot because the Pirates have a lot of decisions to make heading into this year uh, in this offseason. Uh, there's going to be a lot of 20 or 40 man spots that need filling. And there's a lot of people that might not make the cut on the 40 man spot. And that's realistically where things are right now. But Yoshi Tsutsugo yesterday, of course, homered. And since joining the Pirates, Yoshi Tsutsugo is currently 8th in OPS with a 1.076 and 10th in the National League in home runs. I really think at this point he cemented himself to a roster spot next year. And he seems to be learning a lot better in right field as well defensively. They put him at first base every once in a while. I don't really like him at first base. He kind of reminds me of Josh Bell at first base. He's kind of just on the tail end of not great defensively but can hit home runs. But when you look at those stats, 8th in MLB and OPS and 10th in the NL, he's also batting over 300. So he's doing things that we haven't seen from this Pirates offense this year. They haven't had that power dynamic, and they really haven't had that hitting dynamic that Yoshi Tsutsugo has brought. And one thing about Tsutsugo is some guy, sometimes with guys like this, it just takes a change of scenery, and maybe this is the change of scenery he needed in Pittsburgh. Now, am I saying Yoshi Tsutsugo is going to be like a future piece of this team that's going to be here for five years? No, but... He's a very big part of what the Pirates can do next year to not force guys like Mason Martin into the major leagues too quickly. Next year is going to be a very big year for a lot of these big prospects like a Cannon Smith and Jigba, like a Mason Martin, like those guys that all got called up to AAA today and yesterday. And realistically, 
Yoshi Tsutsugo should be a part of it. It'll even be better for him, I think, if the Universal DH does get passed. I don't think it will, but if it does, I think it'll be very helpful because Yoshi Tsutsugo as a DH every day is better than Yoshi Tsutsugo in the field and batting every day. It's just kind of where he's at in his career right now where he's not the greatest fielder in the world, but he gives you home runs when he can, and he's hitting the ball really well. I mean, I think if he fin- if he seriously finishes this season with 10 home runs, which is very possible, he still has 12 games to get two home runs, there's no doubt in my mind Ben Charrington should really bring him back. That's another takeaway I had from this game. And then finally, I mean, Brian Reynolds obviously is just great, but I'm just waiting to see what this outfield is going to look like next year. Uh, you look at the box score yesterday and you see that there was just, it was what you would expect from the Pirates offense. But Ben Gamble and Brian Reynolds are definitely here to be outfielders next year. But I bring up the question again, what else do you do with the outfield heading into 2022? That's going to be one of the biggest questions, I think, is who is playing right field. I think Reynolds has proved defensively that he's good enough to stay in center field. Ben Gamble, same thing. So we'll see. Um, I think Kevin Newman also has done enough to remain the starting second baseman or shortstop next year. There's going to be a log jam there next year as well, and we've been watching that down the stretch as well. There's going to be a log jam at that position, and we'll see what happens. But, I mean, Hoy Park has also been a pretty big idea into that uh possibility that he might be there there's a lot of different possibilities going on right now with the Pirates in terms of positioning heading into next year and that's what we're watching these games for but hopefully the Pirates can find a way to stifle the Reds playoff chances with a win in Cincinnati for the first time this year tonight with Mitch Keller and Tyler Malley pitching against each other and now is a good time to also let you know that today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag betonline.ag is the one place that has you covered and the one place we trust here at the Locked On Podcast Network, we're back in better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new and updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everyone, and welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast today. Again, on Tuesday, September 21st, I am your host, Ethan Smith, and again, I hope you're all having a phenomenal Tuesday. And you know some people that are having a phenomenal Tuesday are those players in the Pirate system down in Greensboro, as the Greensboro Grasshoppers will face off against the Bowling Green Hot Rods in the High A East Championship Series today. It will start at 6.30, and Michael Burrows has already been announced to be the pitcher on the mound for the Greensboro Grasshoppers. Of course, we've talked at length about a lot of these guys. Michael Burrows, of course, has had a phenomenal season, 2-2 RERA, 13 games with 66 strikeouts over 49 innings pitched. And, you know, Nick Gonzalez, I tweeted out yesterday about his great season. And the Greensboro Grasshoppers, man, this team is fun, and they're going to be taking on Bowling Green um, in the championship series. So if you really want something to watch, there's something to watch, man. The Greensboro Grasshoppers are absolutely awesome. 
Um, they're a big part of what's going on. And as I said yesterday on the podcast, the biggest part of any MLB team, they're as good as their single-A team is. And right now, the Pirates have the fifth-best record in baseball in terms of all of their minor league teams, and the Greensboro Grasshoppers have been a major part of that with help from guys like a Braxton Ashcraft before he got injured. Michael Burrows has had a phenomenal season. Um, you've seen Steven Jennings do well as also. Um, Emmanuel Meha, Carmen Majinski, Quint Priester, uh, Tanaj Thomas also is injured right now, but all of those guys have done phenomenal. Henry Davis was even here for a minute. Uh, of course, he was injured also, so now their catchers are kind of on the uh, downfield. But then really where they've made their money is in the middle infield. Nick Gonzalez and Leover Peguero have absolutely been awesome um, this season, of course, Leover Peguero, ironically, was born on uh, December 31st of 2000, so he was always a new, almost a New Year's baby. Um, and Nick Gonzalez and Leover Peguero have just been phenomenal. They've made a dynamic duo in the middle of that infield for Greensboro. So if you get the chance to watch these games tonight, do it because you're going to see some ridiculous play from these uh, two guys. And Aaron Shackleford and Jared uh, Triolo have also been very good as well in terms of what they've been able to do. But another big part of what's been going on down here as well is uh, Blake Sable, Lolo Sanchez, Matt Gorski, and Jonah Davis. Um, Also, Matthew Frazier has had a phenomenal season this year also down there. Um, And realistically, when you're looking at this team, uh, you see that a lot of the guys, of course, down here are not going to be here until about 2023, 2024. But it's still nice to see that they're having good success. I mean, you've got to have, like, really, really good um, hopes down here that this is the kind of thing that they bring up with them when they get up to the Pittsburgh Pirates roster. And you look at who, the, like, what they've done this year, um, a lot of the hitters are tops in the league in stats. It's just how it is. Um and their pitching has been phenomenal, of course, with Quinn Priester having some come-out games. I believe he had that one game where he had nine straight strikeouts. Um, you also see some other things with the uh, Greensboro Grasshoppers having a good uh, hitting staff as well. As well, And I've watched some of the games, obviously, because most of the games are during Pirates games, so I more focus on what's going on up there. But Kieran Madison, the manager down there, he's done awesome. Ruben Godey, the hitting coach, he's done phenomenal. Matt Ford pitching coach, and Blake Butler, the development coach. All four of those guys down there in Greensboro have done absolutely phenomenal with this team this year. And you never know, maybe they end up winning the High A's championship this year. That would be really fun to see for the um, for the team. That would be fun for Pirates fans to watch. It would be really nice. And what would the keys be against Bowling Green? I know we're kind of analyzing a single-A playoff series right now, but... Greensboro, if Nick Gonzalez and Leover Peguero are hot and you're getting good pitching from the likes of Majinski, Priester, and Burroughs, I don't see why they lose to uh, Bowling Green. Bowling Green, though, is a very solid team. Um, I believe the last three games, by the way, will be in Bowling Green due to how the standings came out. But the Hot Rods, of course, they have a pretty damn good team. They're a Tampa Bay high affiliate, ironically, which is uh, we'll be talking to Kevin Wise after this segment. So Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh going at it with their high A affiliates. And nobody has been announced yet uh, for their... um, Nobody has been announced for their pitcher yet in this game. But Bowling Green, they have some guys down there, man. I mean, you can look at uh, what they have, and they have some guys 
Trust me, they have some really fun guys in that Tampa Bay system. Um, if we look, and I'll go ahead and look it up while I'm talking, but Tampa Bay obviously has one of the best like systems in all of baseball, and they've been outscoring teams by like a lot. So you look at who's down there right now and what um, where they sit. Uh, we look at their entire system. Of course, we see Shane Boz made uh, the... He made the come up yesterday. Uh, Taj Bradley has been one of their top pitchers this year. Uh, Humberto Hernandez has also been one. Curtis Mead, uh, jo- uh, John Doxis. These are all guys in their top 30. Alika Williams has been a very good shortstop. They are so deep at shortstop. It's freaking ridiculous. Um, but we'll see what their high A Bowling Green team can do here against the Greensboro Grasshoppers. And I'd fully expect a fun series. So if you want to watch something alongside the Red Series, their game one against Bowling Green starts tonight at 635 Eastern Time. Uh, Wednesday they will play again and then they have the off day at Bowling Green Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The Saturday and Sunday games are if they are necessary. And realistically, again, I'll say it again, a major league team is as good as their single A team. So I'm looking at these games closely to see what the Greensboro Grasshoppers can do here in the postseason, see if they can have some success, and you should be as well. Today's episode is brought to you by DirecTV. DirecTV, of course, is offering DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Today's episode is also brought to you by our wonderful friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local uh, chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 per, uh, to 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer and they have everything you can need. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write the Locked On Pirates podcast and my name, Ethan Smith, in their How about it, uh, How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that I sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Locked on Pirates podcast here today on our final segment of Tuesday, September 21st. And I now have probably the most controversial guest we have ever had here at Locked on Pirates in my year now that I have been here. Mr. Kevin Wise of the Locked on Rays podcast. Kevin, how are you doing today? Thank you. I'm, I'm doing well, uh, Ethan. I 
Look, I'm not Neil Huntington here, so I don't know if I'm, you know, in that territory of controversial guest yet. We'll have to see after this after this records. Oh, yeah. Um, so, of course, you all know probably why Kevin is here. Uh, of course, the Pirates and the Rays in 2019 made arguably the worst trade ever in the history of baseball, uh, trading Chris Archer for Shane Boz and Austin Meadows. The rest is history. Austin Meadows, of course, has been an integral part of what the Rays have been able to do to get to a World Series and be the best team in the American League East this year. And now Shane Baz has now come into the major leagues as well. How did he do last night? I looked at the stats. I didn't really watch the game. But how did he do last night from the Rays standpoint? Man, he really couldn't have done any better or exceeded expectations any more than what he showed last night. Of course, the Rays, it is their want to try to limit pitches and innings and so forth. But to put it in perspective, he categorically outpitched his counterpart, Robbie Ray, who may very well win the American League Cy Young. And it really wasn't even close. I mean, Shane Boz, uh, everything was working for him. The four-seam fastball, the slider, the curveball. And keep in mind, this isn't – he's not facing – uh, a poor lineup. He might be facing or was facing the best lineup in all of baseball when you consider the uh, the power component of the Blue Jays and the fact the Blue Jays don't strike out really whatsoever. I mean, one through eight, one through nine, that lineup is is pretty stacked there. And he looked calm, cool, collected. The delivery, uh, his his motion, it's clean. He he looked like he had been in the big leagues for a couple of years. He certainly didn't look like a 22 year old rookie. And yeah, he gave up. I mean, really, I mean, to kind of put this in perspective, he didn't once get to a three ball count. So he was very in control and in command for the entirety of the start. He did uh, give up two home runs to Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Gurriel. Teoscar probably just got the best of Shane Boz. I mean, it was a 99 fastball at the very top of the zone, if not a little bit above the zone, a rising fastball. What can you do? Teoscar Hernandez is would be a middle-of-the-order hitter on, on 30 baseball clubs. So not much you can do about that. Uh, he, he left a little bit of a hanging slider to Lourdes Gurriel that he deposited. Okay, that's your one mistake. But really, one mistake, the entire five innings. Uh, there's a lot of excitement, a lot of excitement for Shane Boz, and it's kind of been a long time coming. I mean, there had been questions or a conversation about when are the Rays going to make the move and make the promotion because there's really nothing else he could have proved. He moved from double A to triple A. He got even better at triple A. He pitched in the Olympics uh, and the Rays sort of have a need, believe it or not, as, as much as they are in the playoff conversation and could very well win the division, they do need some help, at least with starting pitchers. And as far as that's concerned, it, if I was to look at it today, he might just automatically slide into the number three spot in the rotation if the ALDS or the ALCS started today. So it just kind of goes to show you what he brings to the table. And, you know, the Rays are going to protect him a little bit and and try to work the bullpen behind him, which they certainly did yesterday. But uh, really good test for him, really good showing of, you know, there had been also some questions about, you know, should maybe we start Shane Boz against a weaker team, maybe make his debut against the Marlins or the Tigers or something along those lines. But no, they threw him out to the fire because they fully expect him to be a part of the uh, of the team's postseason plans. And, and this isn't totally uh, foreign to them. They've, they've done similar things with Shane McClanahan and David Price, where it's, we're going to call up rookies and throw you right into the heat of the playoff race and into the playoffs. So uh, really couldn't, 
couldn't have more positive words to say about Shane Boz. And when it's all said and done, I hate to say this, you know, a decade from now, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years from now, Shane Boz might wind up being the best player of the, the Meadows, Glassnow, Archer deal. I mean, he just, again, small sample size, the way he looked yesterday and assuming he, he is able to stay healthy. Uh, the sky's the limit for him. I think uh, Ray's nation would agree. Oh yeah. And one of the things that you mentioned as well, and I did say, I looked at the stats. I didn't really watch the game. I will go ahead and tell my listeners that, but when I was looking at the stats, the thing that actually got me the most was that 51 of his 65 pitches were strikes. So you mentioned he never got into any three ball counts or anything, and that's probably the biggest reason why he threw strikes 78.5% of the time, which I'm sure you know this already, is the highest percentage by a starting pitcher in his MLB debut since pitches were tracked like that. So that's since 1990 or 18, uh, 1988. I almost said 98. That was the year I was born. Um, but, I mean, that's one thing even Pirates fans, when he was still here, we saw that he was going to pound the strike zone. He's never, I don't ever see Baz being like a straight up, I'm going to go get 12 strikeouts every single game. Like he'll have those games, but I think he's much more, I'm going to put this fastball right on the corner and that's where I want to throw it. And that's where it's going to end up. That's what I thought he was going to become. And yeah, I mean, when you look at the trade in retrospect, most people would say, well, Austin Meadows has been the best part of it because it's recent. It's like recency bias. You've seen Austin Meadows, play in the World Series. You've seen him do good things in the playoffs. But in the long run, as you said, I really expect Shane Boz to be the best player from that deal. And the Rays, by the way, just bringing up other things, I don't know how you guys do it, but you seem to just like lose players and then replace them. It's like you lose a really good player and then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, we have this like farm system just jam-packed of stuff. Like I saw something yesterday, I believe it was the Rays farm system has the highest run differential in all of minor league baseball at all levels. And it was like 890 something. So they're just like absolutely shellacking teams in the minor leagues. And it's not just because they're winning games. Like you guys have so much good pitching hitting. Obviously you have Wander Franco, who's a like beast right now. And is Shane Boz going to be possibly a wild card in the playoffs for you guys as a guy that could be the turning point to maybe getting back to the world series? Absolutely, because I think right now he, like I say, he's probably the third best option as far as a starting pitcher goes. You have Shane McClanahan, who is a rookie. You have Drew Rasmussen, who was a reliever this year. We didn't really know what to expect from him when he was acquired in the Willie Adamas trade, so the Rays could promote Taylor Walls and Wander Franco. But he is slowly but surely kind of taking a foothold on on the number two spot. Yes, the Rays have been very conservative with him using using him in really four to five inning clips, but he's, I mean, he's been Mr. Consistent as far as, okay, I'm going to throw my four and two thirds innings and just give up one or run and then move on and, and give the Rays a chance to win. But yeah, I think Shane Boss absolutely is positioned to step into the, I, I mean, he, I would, as of today, as of today, I would fully expect him to be one of the rotation pieces because the, again, glass now, uh, Pirates fans are familiar with. He is out for the season and may not throw another pitch in a Rays uniform. Uh, Ryan Yarbrough has not been the same player that we've seen in the past. He's not a guy that you want to throw out as your number three. Chris Archer is out for the season. Again, another name that Pirates fans are familiar with. Uh, who else is there? Michael Walker. He's been very up and down. Yeah, he's a veteran, but 
you can't really trust him to give a consistent outing. So I would certainly have to say Shane Boz. In fact, he might, he very well, depending if he gets another start and uh, start or two and, and really, really impresses, he, he might leapfrog Rasmussen be the number two guy. I don't think he would surpass Shane McClanahan as being the, the ace in a, in, in a playoff game or a playoff series, but he's right up there. I mean, when you look at the numbers and, and you mentioned it, his stuff is so good. It's so mm-hmm. good. He doesn't need to nibble around. He can attack hitters and okay. Guy makes contact. It's a weak ground ball to shorter second. And you clean it up from there. The Rays have really good defense, but he got as many swing and misses in the amount of pitches that he had as Robbie Ray and Robbie Ray. Uh, I'd have to look at the pitches again, probably through about 30, 35, more pitches. He, I mean, Robbie Ray comparatively had to labor much more than Shane Boz had to. And it was really the the slider of Shane Boz that generated the most swing and misses. And he might even still be developing that fourth pitch, the curveball at some point. I yep. know they've kind of pocketed it for now, but he's got to look the, what, what we saw yesterday, good things, good things are coming for the race. I don't think the moment is too big for him. He's, he has the experience in the Olympics. The, the Rays are a team that is not one to rush prospects and rush players. So if they feel a guy is ready, they're going to make that call. Same thing with Wander Franco. Some people thought eh, maybe he needs more seasoning, needs more time. No, they, they pulled the trigger in June because it's like, yeah, he jumped from single A to triple A and there wasn't a minor league season last year, but we can't just leave him on the farm. We can't just leave him in Durham. And to your point, Ethan, about you know how the Rays keep doing this, it's it's true trades and player development and making sure your farm system is up to snuff. I mean, we're going to see probably another massive exodus this offseason with several players currently on the roster. Like Joey Wendell might not be back. G-Man Choi might not be back. Kevin Kiermeyer might not be back. Tyler Glasnow might not be back. And there's so many other prospects that the Rays are going to have to find a way to work into the fold, be it Bedell Bruhan, Josh Lowe. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on with some of the possibilities they have. Brent Honeywell is still in the minors. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of good players that are still out there and, and chomping at the bit for an opportunity. So it's it's certainly a good, good time to be a Rays fan. I mean, they've certainly exceeded expectations from uh, before the season where they didn't, uh, they didn't bring back Charlie Morton. Again, another Pirates guy that uh, Pirates fans are familiar with. And, uh, and, and moving off of Blake Snell and everything that happened with that. But, you know, they might not, they, they might even believe it or not be a better team this year than they were last year and the year before. Well, there you go. And hopefully the pirates can learn something from Tampa because we're up there in the prospect rankings now too. Greensboro is actually in the playoffs today. I talked about that earlier on this podcast, um, and a bunch of other stuff. So it's great to have you on Kevin. It's great to hear that Shane Boz is doing well. Uh, I am unlike some pirates fans rooting for the guy. I am also rooting for Austin Meadows, and if I'm rooting for anybody in the AL, it might be, have to be the Tampa Bay Rays, just because, I mean, the like the fact that half of the players we used to have are on your team. So um, anything else that you'd like to say about the Rays, Kevin, before we head out today? No, it's just been a really fun season, and who knows, maybe some of these guys that – hey, you've got Yoshi Satsugo, from what I understand, doing pretty good things yes. for the Pirates. So sometimes – it's the flip side. It doesn't work out necessarily with the Rays, but might work out with another organization, be it the Pirates. So who knows? Maybe you might one day see Tyler Glass now in a Pirates uniform again, or Austin Meadows in a Pirates uniform again, or Chris Archer. Maybe he signs a minor league deal, although I, that, that, that ship might have sailed it yeah. at some point now. But but you never know how things, you know, things can be crazy with with the baseball season. And, and you know, Derek Shelton, again, a former uh, former Rays coach. So there are some ties and connections there, which is pretty cool. 
Oh, yeah, of course. And Kevin, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure as always. Everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in to the episode today on Tuesday, September 21st. My name is Ethan Smith. His name is Kevin Wise. Go check out the Locked on Race podcast. You can find his podcast wherever you find mine on Apple, Odyssey, wherever you find your podcast. And guys, I will see you on the flip side.